Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 2, Episode 4, The Crocodile. As always, we'll start off with a little synopsis. Disclaimer, the synopsis may not reflect the views and opinions of all people on this podcast. <laughs> In Storybrook, Belle leaves Rumple after she discovers him performing magic and he won't be honest with her about it. She is then kidnapped by her father, Mr. French. She is thrilled to be reunited, but when he discovers that she loves Rumpelstiltskin, he tries to send her across the town line to erase her memories. Rumpel saves her, but she decides to strike out on her own. When he's honest with her, she asks him on a date. In the enchanted forest of the past, Rumpel's wife Mila is unhappy and decides to leave her family to run off with pirates. Thinking she's been kidnapped, Rumpel tries to get her back, but fails. After becoming the Dark One, he challenges Hook to a duel, taking his hand and Mila's life, and what he thought was a magic bean. Hook then takes the bean and heads to Neverland. In the Enchanted Forest of the Present, Hook and Korra are working together to get to Storybrooke so that Korra can get to Regina and Hook can seek his revenge on the Dark One. Roger, what did you think of this episode? This might be a top. This is definitely a top ten episode. Okay. I it might be in the top five. It might be six or seven. It's better, actually, than I remembered. I was worried that it was worse than I remember, and no, it's pretty good. How much did you disagree with my synopsis of this episode? Not as much as I anticipated. Okay, okay. I think there are some things that uh, may have misrepresented, like on that duel, for example. Oh, I was just trying to keep it short. Okay. <laughs> I, I could have gone into a whole thing sure. about the magic bean and how they had a deal, and then they did, yeah, yeah. It just seemed like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like, also love the, the bell synopsis. I didn't. I thought that was the part you wouldn't like. Yeah. Um, I like this episode a lot, too. I actually like this episode more than I remembered. Yeah. Uh, love the origin story of Captain Hook and the way that they've once again inserted Rumple into someone's fairy tale slash Disney story. <laughs> He's now, what, the fairy godmother, the crocodile. The beast. The beast. Actually, Rumpelstiltskin. Well, actually, we haven't actually seen his Rumpelstiltskin origin. He's the dark one, but we've never seen what like made him Rumpelstiltskin, quote-unquote. That's true. We have not. Uh, although he does a very Rumpelstiltskin thing in the episode with Cinderella. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But like we haven't seen like the thing that kind of made him the Rumpelstiltskin of lore. You're, you're right. You are right. Um, but yeah, I liked. I thought this was a good episode. Uh, I, this might be the best episode of the season, to be quite honest. Oh, I'm not saying there aren't other good episodes, but like this is up there. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, there's others that I like in this season more than this, but but this is a really good episode. Yeah. I, I remember, from what I recall, I like the first half of the season, and the second half is where it starts to to have some problems. I also like that. Uh, We've sort of limited this episode to mostly two storylines. The we get the enchanted forest of the present, but it's 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 sort of like a teaser for the next episode rather than an actual storyline that we're meant to follow. Because it's just a lot. The last episode it took me like five minutes to read the synopsis. <laughs> I I've noticed a pattern. I think the episodes in which we get less characters but deeper involvement with the characters are the episodes that are really good. Like mm -hmm. Skin Deep has a few characters, but it's really good. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the same thing of like, let's just 
focus on four or five characters, but let's go into them as opposed to the last episode where it's like, here's a hundred characters and you get like little bits and pieces. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, almost all ensemble cast TV shows really suffer when they keep adding more people to the cast because you don't get to see the people that you like anymore. And maybe it wouldn't be better if they didn't do that because they probably ran out of ideas for the people that you already like, <laughs> but... I think there's a way to do that without making it permanent. You go to their land, you introduce new characters, they're half season, and then you go. The problem is that, like, you can't keep making the snowball mm-hmm. bigger and bigger and bigger because either you have to start killing characters or it gets unwieldy. It's just really hard to care about new characters when you don't know very much about them. I don't entirely agree with about that, but I think if you do a good job in introducing well, of course, them, of course, yeah. there's a way to do it, but when you add 25 characters, it's really hard to care about any of them. Yes, that I agree with. Who do you want to start with? I I don't even know where to start. Let's let's start in Storybrooke. Sure, let's do that. I like that because that's a that's kind of the B plot here. Sure. Yeah. We could call that the B plot. Let's start with something fun. Let's talk about my favorite thing, which is David gives Rumpelstiltskin dating advice. Okay. <laughs> I just I love it when this happens, and I love how reluctant he is to ask for it. Because he, he, he sort of asked David, like, how does how does that work? Well, I think he says, are you asking me for dating advice? And he's like, no, of course no, not. No, I would never do that. No, that's ridiculous. It does make sense, though, that he's not sure how to be with someone. Oh, absolutely. And as we learned in this episode, the last time he was with someone, it ended as bad as it could possibly go. I honestly can't think of a worse ending in this story, in this show, for how a relationship ended. Yeah. So, he's, like, rightfully gun-shy here. Yeah. And that was even before he was the Dark One, so now, as the Dark One, you know, he's probably gun-shy again. Yeah. I get that. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to love. Oh, I don't agree with that. Well, he doesn't actively know how to... He doesn't know how to incorporate someone into his life. Yes. That's what I meant. Yeah. Well, he obviously he, loves his son. He operates in the background, which is where he's more comfortable. Yeah. So I think there's a reason he doesn't really have friends or he doesn't hang out with people. Like, he doesn't really want them involved. He likes his privacy. Like, the thing he asked David for last time was, all I want from you is privacy. Stay out of my business. Which and, is kind of funny to have to go ask him for help. And he certainly doesn't know how to woo. He likely has never done that in his entire life. He probably married Mila because they were the only two people in their village that were of marrying age. Oh, I mean, clearly, because I believe the exact quote she says was, well, I never loved you. Right. <laughs> uh, we also get some funny interactions between David and Rumple. I like the, do you remember turning a butcher into a pig? <laughs> and Rumple's just like, no, no, not at all. I don't remember that. And David's like, well, he does. And then he says, well, <laughs> where are we going next? Grannies. We can see who else you terrorize there. Um, the scene where he killed the maid and kind of made a joke of it is what this brought... Like, have you done this so much that you're just like, you killed this man's father. I'm going to need you to narrow that down. <laughs> killed a lot of fathers. It's totally true. Rumpel also... I'm not entirely sure this was sincere because he maybe was just saying it to get David's help, which is what he wanted. But he does apologize for what happened with the wraith. 
I don't know that he would explicitly apologize for trying to kill Regina, but I think he might be apologizing for the collateral damage that occurred because of the wraith. I think what he is apologizing for is that it was his wraith that got May Margaret and oh. Emma sucked into the portal. He is not apologizing for trying to kill mm-hmm. Regina. He's not apologizing for unleashing the wraith. He's apologizing that Charming actually did nothing to him and lost everything yeah. because of his... And okay. so that is, I think, what he is apologizing for. And I think that's very big that's of him. sincere. Yeah, I think that is sincere. Yeah. He doesn't have any ill will towards Charming, and he really did not mean to hurt him. He wanted Regina dead. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's a genuine apology. And I think Charming actually acknowledges... Um, that he was sincere in his apologies why he agreed to help yeah. him is that he is like okay I've, I would have probably you know made a similar mistake which you know rage can lead you to do some bad things David also opens when he opens the door to Mr. Gold just very typical David Rumpelstiltskin interaction what do you want I have no interest in helping you <laughs> I love their interactions because David is one of the few people who's always like what do you want? Like, yeah. It's never, he's never deceived. He's never like, oh, I don't know you get out of this. He's like, you obviously are here because you want something. Spill it. And I do also, something I do like about this episode, well, obviously this very David thing to do, but David does the right thing because he realizes that this is about Belle and not about helping Mr. Gold. Yeah. And Mr. Gold actually also does the right thing in this episode. He helps, even though he might not get what he wants out of the situation, which well, is Bell. His concern is making sure Bell is okay, yeah. not making sure Bell comes back. Which is him. the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do, yeah. Uh, especially because Bell's father is fucking bonkers. What what a choice, man. Is he the worst father in this show? Maybe like actively so. Obviously, Henry Sr. is really bad. Henry Sr. is a bad bystander. Yes, exactly. But he doesn't ever send Regina to lose her no. memories. Like, he's just too weak to stop Cora from being And he also her. does understand that it's not right. Like, when she's about to marry the king, he looks and says, don't do it. Like, yeah. he very clearly actually wants what's best for her. He's just powerless to make that happen. Mr. French literally goes to condemn his daughter to amnesia. I would like to say that Mr. French is crazy in some way. Like, like he's, like, mentally disturbed. But I'm not sure that he is. He just actually thinks this is a good idea. I think he's just a bad man. Yeah, he's just a bad dude. The one thing that has always been consistent from the first time that we saw him and now is that he has never believed that Belle should be able to have her own choices. Yeah. It's always been that you need to do what I say. For some bizarre reason, he seems to, for a king who couldn't protect his own kingdom, He's weirdly confident in his own ability to see what's right, even though he's been wrong at every turn. He had Gaston um, betrothed to her, and that guy's a worthless piece of trash. He wants to erase her memories. I mean, he's just an idiot. He steals from the uh, Dark One. I mean, it's just like, what is wrong with you? And it didn't turn out great overall, because she ended up getting kidnapped by Regina, but she does save their entire kingdom by the choice that she made. Yeah. It didn't turn out great, but that was nothing to do with that choice. Right. Yeah. And he he still doesn't, like, recognize at all, let alone the fact that she's an adult and she should just get to make her own decisions anyway. Uh, he just doesn't recognize at all that, that that just doesn't make any sense. I actually just wrote in my note, God, he sucks. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know what else to put there. I, I literally put, um, is he actually going to erase her memories? Like, that is messed up. Like, I have been... 
I don't even know what it would take as a like all of these characters for the most part like the underlying theme is motherhood and like loss that they suffered and this fucker is like meh that's my kid I'm glad that you're not dead after me thinking you were dead for 30 years but I'm still so obsessed with controlling you that I'd rather erase your memories than let you just make your own choices I can almost forgive the fact that Rumble knew that he was alive and didn't tell Belle <laughs> Uh, because he's such a shitty man. Oh, I can 100% forgive that. I, it's the same issue. Belle is an adult and she should be able to make her own choices. How much conversation do you really think they've had? <laughs> I, apparently not very much. Yeah. Also, the first thing I probably wouldn't bring up after knowing that you were captive for 27 years is, oh yeah, by the way, your father's alive. Oh, and recently I beat the shit out of him with a cane. <laughs> that too. There actually might be that reason, like I beat the dog shit. Though, in fairness, they were cursed, he could say. He did yeah. steal from him, too, so it wasn't like... He did. You know, which he did. actually is reminiscent of when he puts him up uh, against the wall with the cane. You have to wonder if French was like, oh, I've been here before. I know how this ends. We also get some really nice interactions between Ruby and Belle in this episode, which I like. I also just love Belle's, like, I've never tried anything before because I've been locked up for 28 years. Locked up by who again? By Regina. Yeah, just want to remember that. Okay. Get into that later. <laughs> The, like, I've never had iced tea before. I've never had it iced. Have you had this? Have you tried it? It's so good. It's almost like a child, you know, the first time they touch sugar and they're like, oh my God, this is sugar. This is amazing. It's, it's like the first time you see a baby eat ice cream. Yes. And their eyes just go <laughs> pow. Yeah, that's basically Belle learning what the modern world has to offer. Yeah. I also really like that she finds the library in this in this uh, episode, which is a great place for her. And is she given the library? Well, she Ruby sends her to the library, uh-huh. and it's it's closed up because, of course, Regina wouldn't want anyone reading books. <laughs> well, I don't think it's closed up because of that. I think the wraith destroying things may have closed up the library. Oh, it's never been open. But they go into the library at the end of the season one. It wasn't boarded up. Oh. That's how they go down and get, get the Maleficent. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, no, that is how they get in there. I still think it was closed. I don't think Regina had anyone go in there. I mean, I, I don't. I'm pretty it. sure Ruby says it's been. It's always been closed. Okay, that's. Well, I guess if if Maleficent were down there, she wouldn't want people yeah. poking around. Uh, but yeah, I also don't. The one that I don't love her. I've been a kept woman. That's a great phrase. line, though. You I, have to appreciate that <laughs> line. It's it's a double, not a double entendre, but it has two meanings to it. Which are? Well, one, she was a kept woman in that she was kept by both her family, where she was betrothed, oh, mm-hmm. and then the chambermaid for Rumpelstiltskin, so like kept there, and then literally kept captive by Regina for almost three decades. That's true. Because um, she had the choice to stay with Rumpel. She could have left, but she comes back, so she's kept by choice, as opposed to with Regina, where she's literally trapped. Yeah. I guess I was thinking of present... Storybrooke, like after being awake, she has decided to sort of stay with Rumpelstiltskin, which was her choice. Yeah, uh, I think it's a play on both. It's an interesting way to to phrase that to someone, though. Like, I have actively chosen to just sort of live at my boyfriend's house and not leave. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think it's both, right? Like, I think it's that she's chosen a life of comfort, plus she's also been trapped here. Um. 
before we dive into the thing that we're going to argue about um, <laughs> in Storybrooke. Oh, least. I was like, okay. <laughs> There's multiple things yeah, we're going like, to argue mm, about. Singular. We didn't talk about one other thing that Rumple and David talked about, which when he asked for advice, David said, There's a difference between literal truth and honesty of the heart. Nothing taught me that more than this curse, which is an interesting insight into David. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, in, in general, very honest with Snow White. That's how they're really, like, that's Prince true. Charming is. Yes, Prince Charming is. And he fully recognizes how much of a fucking shit he was as David. David Nolan <laughs> was not that man. Yeah. He was not honest with his heart. Often, in fact, he was not even honest with his words. Yeah. And it's it's also a very interesting thing, thing to say to Rumpelstiltskin, the first part, um, because literal truth is Rumpelstiltskin's whole thing. But as Rumpel said, I don't lie. Which, <laughs> to be fair, he said, I won't kill Regina. He did not lie to her. He right. deceived her. He deceived her. He was not honest with his heart. Correct. But literally, he was telling the truth. Which leads to a great deal of conflict between Belle and Rumpel in this episode. Of course. So... For the viewers who don't know, we argue about this frequently. Oh my gosh. Belle is a point of contention here. And I won't... When we get to season five, Belle, my God, what were you thinking? (laughs) Belle making an irrational decision because she's mad at Rumpel? Who knew? I do not think that she makes an irrational, any rational decisions in this episode. You think sneaking around trying to figure out what your husband is doing is... boyfriend or whatever the hell you want to call those two instead of just i don't know asking him before sneaking around isn't like i'm sorry that's not exactly what happened she wakes up from a nightmare in the cold open and then is outside sneaking around peering into the window of the basement i would not call that sneaking she wakes up looks over and is like rumple's not here i wonder where he is she looks around for him, as one might do and eventually finds him in the basement as she's outside creeping around like that wasn't. Like- I I think I was actually wondering about that also, and we never see what Rumple's house really looks like from yeah. all angles. It might not actually be in the house. It might be like a base, like a cellar outside. That makes it so much more worse because well, she was creeping around for him, or she looked for him in the entire house and couldn't find him, and then had to go look outside in the cellar. And Why then, does she need to go outside? And then and look immediately in the, the next morning, mm-hmm. she waits for him so she can talk to him about it. She doesn't just keep it to herself as Rumple would have done. Yeah. She decides to talk to him about it immediately. She Well, talk to him about it or demand to know what he was doing? She wants to know what he was doing. She asks. He lies about it. She knows he's not being honest. Does he lie? He's not honest with his heart. That's the difference. <laughs> well, also, why won't he just tell her? Because when he... T- it's The reason that he's doing magic is actually very sweet. And when he tells her what it is, she asks him on a date. Hold on. Are you saying you don't understand why someone might have put up some emotional walls? I'm not saying that he should know that he can be honest with her. Oh, here, let me explain something to you about walls. <laughs> when you've been hurt in the past, sometimes opening up in the future is not so easy because you fear that you're going to be hurt again. Which, in his case, as we learned in this episode, he has a justifiable reason for believing that. That's true. That's true. Uh... I also, she uses very pointed words in their argument. As she always does. Yes. <laughs> uh, She's very mean to him. He says magic is power again. And then she asks him why he needs it. Yep. And he tells her some bullshit. And then. I disagree with the bullshit. I think he's truthful in why he needs it. 
He doesn't reveal the last part, which he does later, but all the things he said weren't wrong. Okay. I don't think it was a question of please answer this. It was why do you always need power so much? It was like a statement. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, And then she says, you need courage to let me in. Which the use of the word courage, very pointed, especially for Rumpelstiltskin. That's a Regina-like barb there. I mean, Belle, it's very similar to some of the things she says to him in Skin Deep, to be honest. Yeah, she's very... But at least in that one, he was being a coward. Not telling her the truth is also cowardly. Mm. I think you just want to defend him. (laughs) I think you just want to believe that it's okay for some of the people in this show to demand answers for things they are not entitled to. And I think if the situation were inverse, you wouldn't see it that way. If Belle were doing her own thing and Rumpel demanded to know what she's doing, you'd be like, she's a grown woman and doesn't have to tell you a damn thing. But because Mm. it's her demanding it from him, you're like, oh, it's the dark one. Please go ahead and tell everybody. Like, he's a grown man, too. He is allowed to have some privacy in his life. They're not a married couple, to my knowledge. No, they're not married. This is not about their child. This is his son. She's a kept woman, remember? Oh, I'm sorry. A kept woman. (laughs) And then also, like, it's his son. Like, that's not really her business, technically. Maybe she wants it to be her business. Just because you want something doesn't mean you have the right to demand it. You think that, Emma would let you demand to be in Henry's life? That is fair. It's possible that I would feel differently if it was reversed. I don't know, because how could we ever know? Uh, but I I think we, we are, we, you are over, over forgiving Rumpel and being very harsh on Belle. Mm, harsh on the woman who literally said you need courage to a man who admits his greatest weakness is cowardice. Uh, he does need that, though. Ah, uh, yes. But saying what someone needs isn't exactly... Cr- would you think it would be okay if he used a similar insult against her? Yes, if she was being a coward. What if he called her a bitch? She's not being a bitch. But if she was being a bitch, you'd be okay with him saying that to her? Or you'd think there was no need to be that mean? I don't know that there's ever a need to use that word. Oh, but calling someone a coward is okay. I don't know that it's about being mean, though. I just don't like that word. Fair, but you can understand how that word can hurt someone. Of course. And she knew it would hurt him. It wasn't. I think she also knew it would eventually make him open up, which it does. The end. So you're saying the ends justified the means. Oh my god. Hmm. Uh, he does have a really sweet moment, though. I really liked when Ruby puts the the sweater on the, on the counter, and he's he says that's mine, and then he just says, "Well, well she didn't have anything for the cold." It was just kind of cute. Like he was like thinking about he was thinking about how she needed needed a sweater. Yep. And everyone seems kind of surprised. <laughs> Yeah, because everyone, <clears throat> present company included, seems to always think the worst of him. I do not always think the worst of him. I think Rumpelstiltskin is an excellent character that many times does, he does things that are right yeah. and nice. Yeah. But I just thought it was, he doesn't usually do things that are sweet. I don't know if I agree with that. Him sweet? In, him wanting the teacup back is very sweet. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's sweet. Because he really didn't gain anything from that other than sentimental value. Sentimentality, yeah. And he went nuts when he thought it was gone. Yeah, he did. That is... He beat someone with a cane. He beat someone with a cane. Quite frankly, justifiably so, in my opinion. Because anytime Mr. French gets beat with a cane, I think it's okay. (laughs) Because he sucks. Because he's the worst. God, he sucks. Yeah. (laughs) If that was his character description, I would know everything I need to know about him. 
Um, can we also talk about Val at the end of the... Because uh, I think that we're probably at the end of what we need mm-hmm. to for Storybrooke. Rumple saves her life, or saves her memories. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool, actually. I like that um, Ruby's like, wow. Yeah, it's kind of a good reminder that... While we see magic all the time because the characters that we interact with are magical, and obviously Ruby is a Ruby turns into a wolf. Like that's a thing that's magical and real. But she probably like she doesn't see magic all the time. Like she lived in a village in the enchanted forest with a bunch of peasants. Nobody could do magic. Yeah, it's cool. That she, yeah, she's like that's cool. <laughs> Pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he saves her life from her psycho father. Mm-hmm. She gives him what I felt was a weak-ass thank you. I thought it was a very genuine thank you. It's like a backhanded compliment. I do like, not think it was backhanded. She said thank you and she meant it. it. It reminded me of like when Cora said like you ride like a horse like a man. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you ride well, but gosh, you're so bad at this and it doesn't excuse your pathetic form. A backhanded compliment is when you say something that has, like, a second meaning. Yeah, uh, it's not that exactly is what I'm saying, is that, like, she wasn't really grateful that he did that. She was, she was still grateful. angry at him for a while. Of lying. course she's still angry. You can be grateful and be angry at the same time. Don't you time. think one should outweigh the no. other? Really? Someone saving you from amnesia does not weigh them lying to you? He continues to lie after that. I do, I, okay, but, like, <laughs> can we acknowledge that there's an order of operations maybe that takes precedent here? And she's very thankful. Mm, very thankful now, huh? And she scolds him once again for being a coward. Mm-hmm. And then she yells at her father. I actually, okay. She calls them equal. Does she? She's like, you're both equally bad or something. She says okay, something implying that they've both done the same type of yeah, offense to her. that's pretty bad. That's not accurate. And he's done literally nothing aggressive towards her. Like, this man kidnapped you after you've been trapped for 30 years, so that has to be a bit triggering. And then tried to erase your memory. Meanwhile, all Rumpel did was lie to you about his privacy, and you're like, ugh, you're both equal bastards. He's done nothing aggressive to her, except make her be his maid in his castle. <laughs> Okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> in story. Actually, I mean, it wasn't aggressive torture because he gives her the option it's to leave, true. technically. He does. Yeah. But, yeah, no, okay, that's right. In Storybrooke, he's yeah. done nothing aggressive torture. Right. Okay, yeah, I agree that the, what they did in that situation was not at all the same. I do really like, I think that, I wish that she had said this. It is implied and is shown at the end of the episode especially in her choice to ask him on a date after he opens up with her rather than be like, of course I will move back in with you. Mm-hmm. I think Belle really needed some time to like figure out who she is. She has lived with her father. She lived with her father, who, as we know, is a dick. And then she got taken to Rumpelstiltskin's castle, and yep. she was his maid. And then... I guess she does leave for a little bit, maybe, before Regina gets her. We don't know how much time occurs in between that. Uh, we'll later see a couple of adventures. That I she think has it's during pretty that time. quick. I also think it's yeah. pretty quick. And then she was trapped by Regina in the Enchanted Forest for quite some time, and then for 28 years in Storybrooke. She's never lived on her own, has never had a job, like has never figured out anything about who she is. So I think it's pretty great that she's... She sort of stands up for herself and is like, I don't need you. I don't need you. I got this. But I think equating what they did is not good. Her father is so much worse than Rumpel, especially in this situation. I wish the character had said what you said. And I wish the character had did this thing called communicate. Yes. I wish everyone would communicate in the show. And also, 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure, as we've mentioned previously in this very episode, it's not like he's ever really trapped her post saying that you can leave. He's always been okay with her leaving if she wanted to. Even saying He even said, I don't expect to ever see you again, when he was the dark one as Rumpelstiltskin. He let her go. Yeah, I think, I mean, keeping the fact that her father was alive a secret, not great. I, I think you're overplaying that. How do you mean? Like, that just simply probably did not come up. Like, there hasn't been a ton of time. Like, I could understand of all the things that they are going through right now, and the things that he is focused on, talking about her father was probably not something he thought of. Mr. French, he literally tells Mr. French, she even made a flyer like this. Oh, never mind. Okay, <laughs> um, looking for her father. Looking for her father. Not that that would have been a better choice for her, but I, basically, I feel like he has a lot of power in the situation in Storybrooke because he has a house and money and a place to live, and she sort of doesn't have anything at all. Uh, and he maybe, which he does in this episode, he offers her, he, he figures out how to open the library and says, you know, there's an apartment upstairs, like you can live here, uh, which I think is great. Because uh, he could have offered something like that before and they still could have been together, but they yeah. didn't have to be living together. He also didn't necessarily know that she wanted that. No, he didn't. And she didn't say it. Yeah. But I, I think, it, I, I think it was, a, I think it was a good move for both of them. Like she's breaking out on her own and he also is making it easier for her to figure out who she is and also be part of his life. And, and he's learning to trust her. Yeah. Which is a justifiably difficult thing yes, for him to do. Yes, ob- obviously, for reasons that we will discuss shortly. Oh, yeah. But, I, I mean, I think they come to a good conclusion. I do, too. In fact, when I like them is when they talk. It's later they just start doing dumb shit well, on both sides. And it, it makes a lot... I mean, they should be dating. They should be dating. They don't... They haven't been together for that long. Like, they should be dating and not living together. I don't know that that would have changed anything. The problem isn't their cohabitation. The problem is that they make irrational decisions constantly. Like, Charming and Snow will make bad decisions together. And then they will figure it out together. Yeah. Belle will make a dumbass decision, then Rumpel has to clean it up. Rumpel will make a dumbass decision, then Belle has to clean it up. They are constantly in this forever, just two ships passing in the night. Like, Could you two just talk? Well, I also think that what you were saying about, like, aren't you allowed to have some secrets that you, like, don't share with your partner? Much more reasonable if you're getting to know each other and dating not to share imp- all, all of the information about your life. If you're, like, living together and you don't talk to anyone else, the idea... That you still have, not that you couldn't have any secrets, but that you still have big secrets. Like, Rumpel's main goal is to figure out how to get out of Storybrooke to find his son. And he, like, still hasn't shared that with the person that he shares his life with. I mean, that's also dangerous. How so? Well, he has enemies. Oh, sure. So any information that people around him who care about him have, it means that they could extract that information from them. And that puts her in, and he will make this point throughout the series, you are in danger simply by being someone that... You're associated with me. Yeah. No, that's so reasonable. He's playing things close to the vest has always been his best play. I'm done with Storybrooke if you are okay. Yep. Let's go to the Enchanted Forest of the Past. Okay. We see our first magic bean. Second magic bean. Second magic bean. Uh, yep. So we saw the one in the episode where Balefire travels to a land without magic and he separates. Rumple loses him, gives yep. him up. And then this is our second magic bean, yep. which somehow Rumple doesn't get <laughs> in this episode. He was emotional, which is his biggest weakness has been when he is enraged or hurt. He tends to make mistakes. The same thing happens in that episode with Regina, where he finds out that Belle is dead. 
uh, he gets really upset and then doesn't think to question the fact that Bell might not be dead. Yeah, no, he that has always been his weakness. His emotions, when they go out of control, he makes poor decisions. But the thing that really gets me about this is, fine, he doesn't get this bean, Hook ends up with the bean, Hook goes to Neverland, whatever. Does he not think, maybe there are more beans? Maybe the beans actually aren't... Ex- extinct maybe the blue fairy a known liar has lied to me about this bean and and this was my thought i assumed this was parallel to what he was already doing i thought he was trying to enact the curse and also looking for a magic bean Mm. just like he also needed a magic wand the magic wand had nothing to do with the curse but he's seeing if it can work it's just a matter of i want three options to see if i can get to what i want but he should have found beans he should have found beans he should have found And also, ones. you know Hook had a bean. Once you realize that he had deceived you, just go find that idiot and cut his other hand off. Yeah, I mean, Hook used the bean pretty quickly, but... I mean, I would have never left there without the bean. Like, yeah, he should have checked that it, the bean was there. Just... We'll get to that in a second, what he should have actually done on that ship. But, okay. This is not the first time that Hook will play sleight of hand with a magic bean. No, it is really not. <laughs> Who do you want to start with? I can't wait to rip into these characters. I'm so excited. Oh, wow. Um, um, especially these two. Uh, let's start with Hook. Sure. Uh, first, let's talk about something we both like about yeah. Captain Hook. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Captain Hook's musical theme is so great. I a, love it. A plus. Love it's his theme. perfect. It is the best thing about Hook. I don't know about that. I it's do. It's really great. Yep. If I did pros and cons of Hook, his theme, pros. I went, before we started recording this, I went and listened to the soundtrack from Hook, Hook the movie from 1991, as well as Peter Pan, to try to see if it's the same. And I don't, I don't think it's the same. It might be a, a play on the musical theme, but it's definitely not. They didn't just pick it up, which I guess is true. We don't really hear, like, you don't hear Cinderella music or Snow White music or anything. I think it's meant to evoke mm-hmm. the memories if you've seen that movie, but it's not supposed to be a direct, like, one-for-one. One. It actually also reminds me a lot of the soundtrack from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. That, I also thought it was something that Jack Sparrow would enter, mm-hmm. too. Um, any other good things you want to describe on Hook? Because I got a whole list of bad things to describe about Hook. I have a couple things sure. that... Uh, maybe just one <laughs> about hook sure uh okay he does he does some things in this episode that are not good oh wow that is the understatement of the decade some not good things i huh? do think he he is willing to die to protect mila which is a big deal and he's He's even willing to fight the dark. He, he's willing to have a duel with the dark one for her. He straight up lies to the dark one, who, again, for some reason, just kind of accepts that is true. Why doesn't he ever, like, investigate when people are lying to him? It's weird. <laughs> well, this one actually makes sense. I guess. He does actually... The, uh, Rumpelstiltskin seems visibly upset when he learns that Mila is dead. And I don't know... I don't think that he loved her, but I think he felt... A commitment to her as his wife and what? No, just go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I think he he feels he, she was obviously an important person in his life and of the life of his son and I think he, he was visibly shocked when he found out that she was dead even though she's not. I think the second part of that statement is true. I don't think he cares about her at all. I think he is sad that the mother of his son has died. Oh. It is about how it would hurt his son. Because in his mind, he's going to get his son back. And then he is actually 
like before he lied to his son that his mother was dead. Mm-hmm. Now, in fact, it is true that your mother is dead, which is a painful thing to have to acknowledge that like she's gone. And yes, I was able to recover you, but you're never going to see your mom again. Yeah, I mean, he 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 crushes her heart in this episode with no compunction. <laughs> Yes, she deserved to die, and I hope she's burning in hell. Wow. Wow. Hell is too good for her. Okay. <laughs> any any other positive attributes you want to talk about, Hook? Before I dive into my list of things we learn about Hook and his introduction. And they say a first impression is, uh, you know, you only get to do it once. And boy, he makes a first impression, in my opinion. I, I will grow to like Hook. What about Regina? You like Regina. I do. <laughs> she's a monster. Yeah, she is. And and as she's absolutely a monster. But um hey, let's talk about the things Hook does in this. First thing we hear from him is him mocking Rumpelstiltskin for his height. Yeah, that's that's not it, it, that's not cool. It's not just his height. He also mocks him like he has like a skin condition. Like he's mocking some person for having a skin condition. Oh no, no, no that's later. That's that's, oh, that's the beggar. I'm talking about when Rumpel oh. comes into the tavern. He's like, oh, you're actually a little bit taller than your wife described you. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, not cool. So he's a bully. He challenges Rumpel to a duel, knowing this man has never fought and traded blades with a... Just to embarrass him in front of everyone. He calls Rumpel a coward. Are you disagreeing with that? Part? I'm not disagreeing with that, but I do think that the duel is actually meant to be a show. Uh, because I I think that Mila asked him to do that so that it looked like they were kidnapping her instead of she made the choice to leave with them. That could be true. I, I'm not saying that it's like a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I think that that's what happened. I, but I actually think he was doing it to show that he was a coward. I think it was yeah, a form of intimidation. That, you're not even, he even says you're not even willing to fight for I him. I don't think he would have killed him, though. I don't think he was going to do that. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Okay. Um, he Not only does he call Rumpel a coward, he has literally no concern for the fact that he is facilitating a son losing their mother. First, what we learn about Captain Hook, I am shocked that he is okay with that. In fact, I am actually shocked that he's able to love someone so vile to abandon their own son. Wow. (laughs) How the hell could you be okay with that considering what we learn that he goes through? How? I don't... I don't think that you're wrong, but I something that always bothers me when we talk about like cheating scenarios is how much blame we put on the third person in the situation. But I'm not talking about the cheating. I'm talking about facilitating the abandonment. Yeah, no, it's not good. It's not good. If, and she doesn't even ask about him when she comes back. If Bellfire had left the house and she went to go live the life she wanted to, I have zero issues with this. You didn't love Rumpel. You raised your son. He's out. He's gone. You decided to go live your own life. Cool. It sucks that you're going to hurt Rumpel. That is what it is. But you at least didn't just abandon your son to go live the perfect life you wanted. Or to like, they could have come up with some scenario where this could have worked out. Like if she truly thought that them being together, like they could have just gotten divorced. Like if she's like, you know, this... This isn't work. This isn't working. Like but, we are not gonna do something right for my son. I'm gonna go off with these people. I'll come back and visit. Like she wasn't interested in taking care of her son. Yeah. This had. She is. There are a couple of the characters we'll run into who they abandon people because they wanted the life they wanted, and she's just as bad as they are. It's. She's. It's. The gross. worst. Like you know how you said, uh, Mister French. God, he's the worst. Mila. God, she's the worst. I also really wish that. We the writers had given us something because I I could see I'm not like defending her activity in any way, but 
that we don't even get any backstory about her. Like she tells Rumpel that she never loved him. And my assumption is, you know, they were the only two people in their village. They got married. She's really unhappy. I don't question that she's really unhappy. I get it. Not just because she's married to a coward, but she she probably wanted something more, kind of like Belle. She wanted she wanted something more. She wanted a life of adventure and she lives in a village. Again, not defending her behavior. I think that's a cover story. But I, I wish that we had some sort of background, any background information about her at all. We I, just have nothing. I think she's lying in that case. I think what she really wanted is not to be married to a coward. She's mm-hmm. more bothered by the perception. Like she says, I wish you would have fought. She mm-hmm. doesn't actually care what he did. She cares that everyone looks at her as like what she says, on oh, tied to the village coward. All she cares about is that everyone looks looks at her as the person who's the one stuck with a coward. All she cares about is perception and image. I mean, she is vain and shallow and as bad as you could possibly be. And that's why she likes Hook, because Hook is the pirate, the bad boy, the adventure, all of the things, like a romance novel, that's exactly what she wants. And He's she mean and cruel, just like her. No, I, you're, you're right. And He's I, selfish and he, does, he sees the world. She also, she also says can we leave this town somewhere where people don't know that you're a coward? I don't think that they would have been happy anyway after that. She would have been less miserable. It's also interesting that he's not willing to leave. Um, I actually did wonder why he wasn't willing to leave. I mean, maybe... But they also maybe they, he's afraid. They also didn't have necessarily <laughs> the funds to leave. Like they weren't rich. Yeah, they definitely weren't rich. So. I mean, I think it was a, I think it was a stretch for her to be drinking in the tavern. I think that's how stretched their funds are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Next, when so that's just how he acts when he knows Rumpel, right? Mm-hmm. So he has the advantage. And he's essentially bullying him. Like yeah. He is a stone-cold bully. Absolutely. The situation then later flips when the Dark One sees Hook and he decides to stay around for a drink. He disguises himself as a homeless beggar. And Hook, in typical bully fashion, um, calls him. I think he says you have no manners, like a street rat. He mocks him for his skin condition, uh, makes fun of him for looking like a homeless man or something to that effect. And then he realizes who he's talking to. Hook's a piece of shit. Yeah, there's no reason to be such a bully. It would be one thing to be like, whoa, you bumped into me, dude. Say excuse me. But then he just like makes that's it not, super personal. But that's not what it was about. It was that some lowlife street rat had bumped into him. Yeah. Because, I mean, also, not to give away spoilers, but like Hook probably still sees himself as a, you know, um, a king's pirate, right? Like a king, because he was in the royal guard. He was in the navy. Yes. Yeah, so he probably sees himself as a higher tier than some lower street rat. Like, there's an air... There's oh, like you a, mean like he's an extra good pirate? Like, not so much... Like, I think he still sees himself as a better man than some lowly street rat. Like, even though he mm-hmm. is a pirate, he's still like, I was once in, you know, the king's service or whatever, because, you know, I'm valuable and you're just trash. Well, that's a really interesting assessment of Hook that I completely disagree with. Of but course But we you can do. talk about that later. Because he's no, no. pretty. I... I I think he's a very attractive man. He's objectively a handsome he's man. He's a very handsome man. His character, however, it's not really is... my type. I know, to be honest. Uh, but I, I think, I think actually, Hook has a lot of what Regina has going on. He hates himself. He should hate himself. And he acts out accordingly. I'm not. I'm not defend. Like he's a jerk in this episode. Such a jerk. You just hate him forever for no reason. For no reason? For not enough reasons. Okay. Also, everyone, Hook is now a permanent fixture of this show. <sighs> Deep sigh from Roger. Uh, so, 
this is um, I'm not going to go into this because we'll get into it later. I didn't mind the idea of Hook as a villain, but much like my issue with Regina is I never felt like he did enough to justify the level of redemption he's given. That's always my frustration mm. with him. We're just supposed to forgive all the bullshit he does. And in fact, oftentimes, we're supposed to believe that Stiltskin is in the wrong, considering all the bullshit that Hook did to him. Yeah, this is, this is some bullshit. We'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to that. Um, I do actually... I think the bluff that he plays on the Dark One is actually a, a good character. He's willing to lie to the Dark One and say that she's dead to protect him. Like, hey, that's positive in the, you know, on the good side. He fights a duel. He knew he was going to die there. And I think he knew at some level he probably deserved to die because he's not a good man. He hates himself. And then Mila shows up and is willing to protect Hook way more than she was willing to protect her own son. Again, doesn't even ask about it. She doesn't even ask. Because she doesn't care. She doesn't ask. Why would she ask? I also hate, which is very Disney, <laughs> to, that she's like, I met him in the tavern and then I fell in love with him. That day? You fell in love with him that day. It was like two days. <laughs> the stubble. The stubble is just so attractive. Here's what you need to understand about Once Upon a Time. If you meet a dark-haired, stubbly, handsome man... You fall in love you with You must him. immediately fall in love with there's, him. There's literally no other option. Oh, speaking of, Captain Hook has beautiful eyes. Uh, the actor, beautiful eyes. Belle's blue dress and her fucking eyes in this episode. Beautiful. So pretty. She, she's wearing it in Storybrooke. Mm. It's it's just like a very normal dress sure. that anybody oh, would wear. Oh, I know what you're talking and about. And it just really brings out her eyes. I thought they she was in gorgeous. black and red. Is that in the library? No, she's wearing a blue dress. All right. <laughs> It's definitely blue. It's not pink or red. It's blue. <laughs> we'll verify this afterwards. Uh, here's the other thing I'll talk about. So afterwards, they make a deal. She has. She smartly deduced. Actually, I'm sorry. They do what? They make a deal. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. They make it. I don't disagree that they make okay. a deal. They make a deal after she smartly deduced that he was there for the magic bean. Knows what she does. She says she doesn't know what he's using it for, but it must be important. Like finding your guys' son and in no way, Still shape, or form ask. is concerned about why he might be doing this. Like, hey, I accidentally dropped our son through a port. I'm going to go get him. Do you want to help save him? No, I'd rather go be with my pirate and all his other friends. She also doesn't s seem concerned that he's the dark one. Like what happened with their son and like why is he the dark one? Why is she not concerned about this at all? It's really bad. There's an answer to this. It's because she sucks. Yep. Yeah. She's a terrible person. <laughs> um... One of the lines that she drops, which I didn't notice the first time I watched this, but I think is actually a good throw to Belle, is that she said she wanted to see the whole world. Oh, yeah. I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. I, exactly. So it's kind of like, obviously, he has a type. There's the type of woman that he is attracted to that seems to want more for her life. They also try, the writers try to write this off in season three a little bit, and it's, it's not good. They, 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 try to, they try to say that she wanted to come back for him. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> I think, doesn't Hook say that, though? Yeah. Yeah, that also could just be a lie. I guess that's true. Or, honestly, what it could be is that, like, if you love someone, you see what you want to see. Uh -huh. So, like, in his mind, he believed that, why would she abandon her child? She wanted to come back, and, yeah. you know, she couldn't. Um, she admits that she turned out to be the coward that she hated Rumpel for. Mm -hmm. And, up until that point, he's still willing to honor the deal. It is in, it's at the very ah. end is when, when she takes the, the last barb at him, very similar to how Belle does. She decides to use words that she didn't need to go there and says, because I never loved you. And at that point, Rumpel snaps. 
Interesting, though, because he says, I've only ever broken one deal, mm-hmm. and that's the deal with his son. He did not consider this breaking a deal. He didn't break a deal at this point. They had not given him the bean. They, he said, I want to see it first, and, and they, they showed it to him, yep. and then she said, you're going to let us go now, and we'll give you the bean? Yep. And then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> she, they didn't give him the bean. She started running her mouth. Mm. So, but then he, well... I guess he also doesn't end up with the bean at the end, so... Yeah, he broke one deal because that deal had... If they had given him the bean and he killed them, that's one thing. Okay. She wasn't willing to do that. In fact, she throws the bean to Hook. I think she threw... I I don't think that she did that because they weren't going to give it to him if he was going to let them go. I think she was trying to separate. I I don't know if she understands what the powers of the Dark One are, but I think that was mainly, let's move the bean a little further away from him until he agrees. I think it was a contingency plan because she knew she was about to get what was coming. Mm, okay. Personally speaking. Um, and he, in probably my second favorite moment of the entire series, crushes that bitch's heart. Second turns favorite moment? Of the entire series. Crushes wow. and turns it to dust. Yeah. Love it. It is probably the second biggest mistake he makes in not doing the same to Hook. Yeah, he wants Hook to suffer. Yep. That was the, just like George, he made that mistake. Should have just killed him right then and been done with it. Taking his hand was much greater punishment. He also didn't take his right hand, which would have been much, much greater. You know he's right-handed because you fought him. Just although he took the left hand because that was the the hand that he thought he was holding the bean in. Also, come on, man, check the body. I know what is wrong. You know better. You, I know you know you. better. Again, this is just one of those things that like had to forward the plot, so we had to make Rumple make a really dumb mistake. But it's like just cut the hand and be done. I I really love the idea that Hook lost his hand from Rumpelstiltskin. And he also calls him the crocodile. Like, they've changed the Peter Pan story. There is no crocodile. The crocodile is Rumpelstiltskin. And in this episode, he sets, Rumpelstiltskin sets Captain Hook on a lifelong, multi-lifelong pursuit of revenge. I love that Hook feels like he is and I feel like the audience often sympathizes with him as if like Hook is the one who was wronged in this situation. In this situation? I don't think so. I think if you were to ask most people, and again this is pretty people biased in my opinion, they believe that Hook is the hero of this story. Pretty people biased. Oh, I mean let's just be honest here. We like a lot of people excuse behaviors of those that they find attractive that they wouldn't necessarily do if if Captain Hook weren't dashing, I don't think as many people would agree with his behavior. I think I yeah I I don't agree with that I do think I, I I don't think it's wrong I don't think you're wrong that Mila had what was coming to her with her heart getting crushed but that is actually a pretty rough move you seem very shocked I don't think I've ever so hear, heard you justify revenge I'm not justifying it I think it was the wrong choice you said she got what was coming to her I <laughs> yeah I think I I think it makes sense that Rumpelstiltskin did that oh I um, see. I think it will be even harder to explain to your son, not just that your mother left, isn't actually dead, but she left with a pirate. But instead, now he has to explain, oh, yeah, I found her and then I crushed her heart. Yeah, that's going to be a tough conversation. (laughs) That's fair. It's a bad one. I mean, hey, you remember that woman who abandoned you that ran off? I found her. I mean, I killed her, but I found her. We're going to have to get a new mom. It's like getting a new chambermaid. (laughs) We just have to get a new one. Got to get a new one. I mean, this this is Belle. 
Have you met her? I would much rather. She's the same age as you. I'd rather have Belle over Mila. Like, your mom didn't even love you enough to ask about you. It's probably pretty easy to justify it. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's uh, the worst. Do you have anything else? I mean, I could spend another hour talking about how much I hate Hook and Mila, but I feel like we've covered that in depth, and there's so many more episodes in which I get to talk about about. I say I'm good. Oh, wait a second. One of my favorite lines, I always love when Rumpel's being silly, but there's a line where he talks about, um, I'd hate to break up true love. No, wait. Actually, I do. (laughs) The fact that he um, detests them so much that he's willing to kill true love, which at this point, he might already need. It's true. And he doesn't even care to consider that that might be helpful to him, is that he'd much rather get revenge than see value out of them. I also think it's interesting. It's possible that he might not believe them, that he doesn't think that these two people who he who are bad yep. could find true love. Uh, or at could, the very least, he may not want to believe it. Yeah. Uh, and... We've, it's not the first time that we'll hear that Mila and Hook were true love, but there's actually no evidence to prove that they were. I never bought that they were. Yeah, I same. I would say they're true love in the same way that Emma and Graham were true love. They were lust. Oh, I think it's more than that, but... For whom? Hook and Mila. I, I think he had a lust for a woman and she had a lust for adventure. I think that they loved each other. Yeah. But I don't think it was true love. I mean... Also, I as a person do not believe in the concept of true love, but in the concept of Once Upon a Child. What? what? <laughs> really? Yeah, I definitely don't believe in true love. Wow. You think that there's just like one person out there for everyone? That's not, I don't think, what the concept is. That is definitely what the concept of true love is. What do you think the concept of true love is? I mean, I, I would think it's more of a spectrum. Like, I think there could be multiple people who would be your true love. Like, I think you're talking about soulmate. Like, sure. Good place. Yep. I, I definitely think that this such a concept absolutely exists, in my opinion. I'm not saying it's like I met her eyes for the first time across the dance floor and I knew it was true love. That's ridiculous and nonsensical. But that's quite cynical. I don't not believe in love. I just think that you could be happy with many people, and I don't know that there's like a, a truer version of love. Who crushed your true love's heart? That's what I want to know here. Are you you know? I just want to know. Um, second thing, we hear a very perverted um, usage of the phrase, I will always find you. Yeah. He doesn't say always, but he makes it very clear there's nowhere you can run, I won't find you. Though he clearly runs with a bean, so that was a bluff. He will hunt you for 200 years. <laughs> um, but honestly, and this is my favorite line, though not favorite moment, do you know what it's like to have your wife stolen from you, powerless to stop it? Mm. That. That right there is exactly why Rumpelstiltskin needs power. Because the last time he didn't have power, he was bullied mercilessly by everyone around him. The knights were going to kill his son, a pirate took his wife, and he was sent to die in an ogre's war. The man has a justifiable reason to want power, because people in this world are not to be trusted. It's interesting, though, because in the early part of the episode, before he's become the Dark One when he's Rumpelstiltskin... He's just sort of happy. He just wants to be happy. Like, he doesn't want power at that point. He's fine with the fact that he's been injured in war. Like, he just wants to be happy. He's even fine with a wife who doesn't love him and just wants to take care of his son to make his son happy. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but... Well, again, he... That's kind of like my point of why I defend a lot of his actions, is that 
you are a sum of the memories that you have uh, accrued over time. And if everyone has consistently treated you like shit, power is going to be the thing that stops them from doing that. And when he's the dark one, Hook goes from bullying him to being bullied. Power is also the reason that he lost his son. Power is also the reason his son didn't die in the Ogre Wars. He was going to lose him either way. Yeah. That is the last thing I have to say about the episode. Uh, and losers. Just wrapping up with the enchanted forest of the present that we get at the very end of the episode. Oh, yes. Um, it was nice to, to, get, to get some forwarding of the plot, but not focus too much on these three storylines. Uh, Hook and Cora are working together. How did these two meet? I want to know. <laughs> they gave me a weird, creepy energy. Really? At first, I thought they were like a weird thing where like he needed something from her. So she was like, you're, you know, almost similar to like Regina and a different young man. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, you know, you're going to be my young little chamber boy and then I'll eventually help you get your revenge. That's interesting. We can talk about their relationship more later as we see it progress. I don't think it turned out that way. I'm just saying that's what I thought might have been going on at first. Well, and I mean, she probably thinks he's attractive because who doesn't? (laughs) I'm very curious what they're going to do in this this next episode. Uh, And she also explains the the glowing ashes. We now know that they do, in fact, mean that they work, but they got to figure out a way to get back to Storybrooke, which is where they both want to go. Also, talk about holding a grudge, man. Hasn't it been like 200 years? You're still trying to hunt this man down? Yeah. Have you found nothing? You're a pirate. Can you not find other women? (laughs) Yeah. Although, man, what has been going on with Captain Hook? He got his hand cut off, and then he went to Neverland, but now he's in the Enchanted Forest and somehow got trapped in the curse. Like, what? Also, why doesn't he age? Well, because he was in Neverland. Then he left Neverland at some point. Yeah, but he was in Neverland for a long time. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's the same reason, well. Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that. That's fair. That's a, that's a later. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite moment from What do you think my favorite moment is? Mila getting her heart crushed. I wrote down, crush that bitch's heart. Oh, yikes. Um, my favorite moment is Rumpel cutting off Hook's hand. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's the beginning of Captain Hook being the origin story. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool for a variety of reasons. I don't necessarily... I mean, I think it was... I think it was actually a more fitting punishment than killing him. Uh, I think it was cool to incorporate Rumpelstiltskin into Hook's story that way. And... I, I, I liked, the, like, the actual, the way the scene, like, the cinematography and, like, the music of it, the way that it plays out is really cool. Like, he cuts off his hand, we get the hook, like, the hook is on the ground, he picks up the hook, like, it's cool. Interesting. Yeah. You thought that the cruel punishment was more fitting than just the quick murderous punishment. Hmm. Again. Yeah. No. For Rumple to make that choice. It's okay. Uh, you know, Regina would agree with you, just yep. pointing out. That's she a very would. Regina-like uh, punishment. She would. Most ridiculous moment. Not. Well, I have two, actually. Um, Not killing Hook there. Huge mistake. I get that you wanted him to suffer. I really do. But uh, just kill him. Be done. Stop leaving enemies around. Sometimes they say, like, I have breadcrumbs. I have to fix this problem. Just don't have any. Off with his head. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Off with his head. Off with his head. The other one was the dad. You're going to erase your daughter's memory? That's mine as well. Mr. French's plan to to deal with 
spell-loving Rumple is ridiculous. What, what, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, I just don't... <laughs> That blows my mind. Um, I did forget one of my favorite moments, because I, I believe this is episode, the dating advice. Oh, yeah. That's a great moment. Love Such it. a good moment, it's, because it's always Gold good. is always in control, and this is a time where he opens up, and he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, how do you two make this work? He's legitimately asking him for help, which is not something he likes doing. No, he really doesn't. He's uh, like Emma in that way. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, I suspect we have the same loser for this episode. I suspect we do not. Okay. Who is yours? Hook. That's my runner-up. Okay. Um, Hook loses his hand. <laughs> Luckily not his right hand, which he is right-handed. He loses the woman that he loves. And he is set on a lifelong pursuit of revenge that will haunt him for centuries. <laughs> Yep, I don't disagree <laughs> with any of that. Um, but somebody got their heart crushed. Yeah, that's true. And not only did she get her heart crushed, she was revealed to be the worst. Yeah. There is no defense. I don't, I don't care what people say online. There is no defending this woman's character. It is She is bereft of morality and values, and she is a vile individual. And killing her was like eradicating a plague. Damn. Can we also just choose Mr. French? Because he oh my sucks. God. So sucks. I don't think he's sadly the loser, but I think he is the worst. <laughs> I do like that his name is Mo. Mo French. He's Mo French. He's Mo Bastard. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, he, I would call him like a third place loser sure. um, because I can't ever see Belle going back to him as like a parental figure. Like that was such a disgusting betrayal. Yeah, it's not great. No. I don't like it. Not, not good at all. And like, not only did you do that, everyone knows you did that. Like you're the worst i think we have a different winner we definitely have a different winner if you say I, emma I, I quit there's no emma they're not even emma's not even in this episode i had a hard time choosing a winner at first but i ended up choosing bell which i know that you wholeheartedly disagree with uh because i think she she chose herself in this episode in a way that i appreciate elaborate she well, she she didn't lose her memories, so win. One hundred percent agree with that. Not losing one's memories is a huge victory. Big win. Also, sorry. Before we go on this, one more thing about Mister French's insane idea. He he also doesn't care that she won't remember him. Yeah, because he's insane. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, so she doesn't lose her memories. She gets to be a librarian, which. Is definitely like top top bell goal, uh, and I I think she realizes that she has some growing up to do as a person to figure out who she is, but she's still she's still willing to explore a relationship with Mister Gold, but while she's figuring out who she is. Okay. I think that's fair. I actually had Belle as my runner-up. Okay. Um, at first, I thought it was ridiculous, but then as we were talking about the points, I think she did a lot of growing up. Here. Yeah. She learned who she was. I also think that, like, while I think she was very unreasonable in this, and I know we disagree on this part, I think that she's also more reasonable once she explains himself, which is one of my problems with her, but at least she's willing to consider that, like, oh, your reason is good. Like, it's not like looking for your son is not a noble thing. He's trying to atone for a past mistake. And she rightfully forgives him. Like, okay, so what you were actually doing was just looking for yeah. your son. 
And while I still don't want to necessarily live with you, I will give you a chance, which is really all Rumpel was asking for. Honesty of the heart is very important to Belle. I'm going to use this phrase forever. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't disagree with you that honesty of the heart is important. Where I disagree is that if you punish people for being honest, they're going to stop being honest Mm. with you. And she often punishes him for being honest. Yeah, okay. So you have to like practice what you preach, right? Like, tell me the truth. I hate you for telling me the truth. I'm just not going to tell you the truth anymore. But obviously, (laughs) the winner of this episode is Rumpelstiltskin. I mean. Oh, wow. I do not agree with that. Got to crush the heart of the woman who broke his heart. Huge win. There are two other times in which I think he gets to get uh, the rev- Three other times in which he gets the revenge that he so rightfully deserved. This is the first one. And the best one. He Getting her back for what she did. Chef's kiss. Absolutely perfect. Also gets to cut off Hook's hand and makes him suffer. I think that was an appropriate punishment as well. I would have just killed him just for business sake. But well played. I also think the interaction with Belle... Saving her life, big big win, or saving her memories. And then also, she forgives him. And he and he actually experiences some character growth. He did the right thing. He did the right thing. He asked David for help, which is not something he's ever been good at. And then he opens up to emotionally and walks away. Like, he's willing to say, goodbye, Belle. I miss you. See ya. And then she's the one who reaches out. Yeah. No, I think that that's... All important things. I agree with the storybook part. I almost chose Rumpelstiltskin as my loser of this episode. I knew you would. I, I, I didn't, mostly because of the storybook piece. Uh, but he, if he had agreed to the deal, he could have gotten to his son. And he didn't do it because he got mad. Yep. And he killed someone. I don't know that they would have actually honored I the think deal. they would have given it to him. I think you want to think they're better people than they are. I think that what they really wanted was to leave. And what means they wouldn't have just thrown that bean down and dipped out of the way? I think he could have got... I mean, honestly, it's baffling to me that he doesn't just get the fucking bean. Like, all he, he, didn't, even, he didn't have to do anything. He could have just been like, bean mine, bye. <laughs> I honestly think they would have tried to deceive him. I don't think their character showed anything that implied they were going to honor that deal. Now, I'm not saying that is the reason why he kills her. He kills her purely out of rage. Yeah. But they are not the type of people to be trusted either. And they weirdly weren't afraid of him. Like, most people dealing with him, like Smee, are terrified of him. Yeah, Smee is really terrified yeah, of him. they are not terrified of him. This also, this is the biggest point that I've always said when we've debated about revenge. You've said revenge won't get you what you want. He got exactly what he wanted when he killed her. He did not get exactly what he wanted. With his interactions with her, he got the closure and he got revenge. He got closure. 100%. <laughs> there is nothing that he lost by killing Mila. And he got revenge for what she did to him. Difficult future conversation with his son. <laughs> eh, he's, got a, he's got a much more difficult future conversation with his son anyway. Remember when I abandoned you? Also, your mom did, and then I murdered her. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, hey. Remember when I accidentally abandoned you and then spent my entire life trying to rectify the biggest mistake of my life? Remember when your mom intentionally abandoned you and even said in front of you so you could hear that I didn't want this life that included you? Yeah. There's a good chance, by the way, if Rumple was concerned that Belfire wanted to kill him, that he would also want to kill his mother. Well, well Belfire thinks that Mila is dead. Yeah. And you don't think he holds some resentment over her if he met her? No. Rumpelstiltskin told Balefire that his mom just died. Yeah. But if if Balefire had realized his mother was alive and then met her, oh, uh-huh. he probably hates her guts. Yeah. Uh, 
Balefire wasn't going to be killing nobody, but okay. <laughs> Anything else? It's a really good episode. Yeah, it's a good episode. I'm, I'm very curious to see what the future... Because the one thing I will say is that a lot of times when you get really good episodes, the next episodes seem to waver in their quality. I'm going to be curious to see if they can string some back-to-backs. Well, we'll get at least one good episode. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple. There's also some stinkers coming up here. Do we get any deep dives? Mm. Any skin deeps? Well, there's an episode called Into the Deep that's coming up shortly. But the next episode is episode five, The Doctor. Oh, I do like that episode. So I think we're going to finally find out who Dr. Whale is. Also, isn't this a Regina-centric it episode? It is a Regina-centric episode and a Rumpelstiltskin-centric episode. Well, Oh, oh, it's both of them. Uh-huh. This is uh, Regina being taught by the Dark One. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I wish I wish I could get a timeline of this show. <laughs> it would it would be it would be rough. I once went to uh, a Star Trek exhibit at Mopop in Seattle. Or whatever we call that museum now, EMP, I don't remember. Uh, and they had a timeline of the Star Trek universe, and it was really confusing. And I think this one would, would top that, like, by far. If someone was willing to do the work, <laughs> I'd be very curious to see them doing their work. I would never try to do the work. It, it would be I really would hard. descend into madness. It would look like the time knife. Like, I'd be like, <laughs> this is both Tuesday and tomorrow. <laughs> and never. And never. The Jeremy Baramy. Yes. Of it all. Um, so I'm really excited to find out who Dr. Whale is. I ser- I sincerely hope that that is what this episode is. I read this, the like really short synopsis of it, and it did not mention his name in the synopsis of the who episode. Who else could be the doctor? I don't know. Better be that episode. It better be. Uh, so excited about that. Uh, I'm also looking forward to figuring out how Hook and Cora are going to, what they're going to do. They, they've got a plan. Cora... Cora's always got a plan. The number one thing I'm looking forward to is that we've had an absence of, like, really good sparring partners. So, like, Emma and Regina were great against each other. And then later you had Regina versus Mary Margaret, and they were great against each other. Hook being back means we get Hook versus Rumple, And that was awesome in this episode. They, their verbal battles against one another, their duels. I mean, it's just, I like when two people are really clashing. So, them, him arriving in Storybooks gives us the kind of rivalry that I think we need in this show. So, I'm looking forward to that. I also kind of want Korra to be the new villain because we don't have that in Regina. And right now we're lacking, like, a good, compelling, scene-stealing, like, just evil villain. So, we need that. And I hope Korra can be that. Oh yeah, we we don't really have a clear idea of what what the what the thing is this this season. And that I think is one of the things we'll talk about a lot later. Is that like we knew who the evil queen was. We knew she was bad. We also didn't know what Gold was doing. So there were things to look forward to. Right now, I'm like, can you just explain to me what the hell is going on? Sometimes I don't even know who is the main villain of this series right now. Well, yeah, the main the main narrative arc right now is how do we get snow white and emma back to storybrooke mm-hmm. but that this episode doesn't isn't even about that and it's like is the main villain george is the main villain cora is the main villain now hook are they all working together we know two of them are working together huh like and like you know there's no curse to be broken this time so it's like what is the thing that is putting our heroes getting jeopardy all season like that that those are the things i want explained yeah i would like to i would like to learn about those things as well 
Okay, well, please be sure to join us next week when we talk about Season 2, Episode 5, The Doctor. And we'll see you next time.